You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. 16. Go to Acts 16. I know what you're looking at. You say, Ryan, this is wrong. We're not supposed to do this right now. I know. Acts 16. Acts chapter 16, verse 27. Oh, yes. Oh, that was wrong. Let me get situated in my notes here. Acts chapter 16. And we're going to start here. Let me start with uh, verse... 25. Acts 16.25, the Word of God says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all of the doors were opened. And everyone's chains came loose. This is an exciting Bible story. And this is why I have the kids down here. Uh, So if you are a part of the King's Kids and you want to join us in the front row, you are welcome. Come on down. Uh, And they can stay where they're at too if the parents want them to stay. But this is a great, exciting story because God showed up in a prison at midnight. And I have been praying. You might be wondering, why, why are you starting preaching right now? This is all wrong. We're supposed to be singing hymns, and we're supposed to be doing announcements. And you messed it all up, Ryan, and just because pastor's out of town at a conference doesn't mean that you can change everything. And, and I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to start a little bit of an earthquake. I'm just trying to start a little bit of a change, and I've been I've been changed in my heart, and I want to pass that change to us this morning, and I want to give us a word from God that that I want a shake and an earthquake and a and a change to happen in our hearts, and I thought maybe if I start preaching at eleven, that'll be a change. So we're going we're gonna to do that this morning. I'm going to start preaching, and we're going to start right away. And I've been praying, God, would you help us have an earthquake in our hearts? Would you change something about us? And would you help me learn something new about this here? You know, I don't want to get into a repetition of stand and sing and sit and stand and sing and sit, and we do the announcements. I just want to start the service right away. I want God to move in this service, and I want a change to happen, and I want an earthquake to happen, and, and I want just the power of God to, to move us and to change us, and, and that's why I'm here. And uh, so it's just going to be a little bit different this morning, and I'll tell you that. And I pray that God will do the work, and it's not me that's trying to twist your heart and change you. I pray that God will do the work, because that's the only person that can do it. I want to start with a word of prayer, and then we're going to get started right away with the sermon this morning. 
Father, would you help me as uh, I just prayed with my dad and my uncle. I just pray that you help me, Lord. And I just pray that your spirit will move amongst this place. And God, that we will have a new, fresh vision, a new, fresh idea. And a, we will get something new this morning. And God, this power of the spirit that you've given me, I pray that I can uh, release it unto your people and, and God, that they will learn that if God is for them, nothing can come against them. And God, I pray you will help us this morning and you will help me most of all. And God, I need you to take over now and I need to step aside. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want you to think now because this is a fun, exciting Bible story, okay? I'll be talking to the kids often this morning. I want you to think, though, we just came upon a scene. We just came, we dropped into a scene, and it was Paul and Silas in prison. And I know what I wonder, I know what you wonder, or I wonder, well, how did we get there? What did they do to deserve prison? So I want to I start there very quickly, and I don't normally have a title for an introduction, but uh, Ministry Momentum. That could be put on the screen. Ministry momentum is what was going on. So very quickly, the council at Antioch just agreed to send Paul and Silas on a missionary journey about 1,400 miles away from the place that they were. And they came to a town called Philippi. And you might recognize that word Philippi by a book in the Bible named Philippians. And this Philippians book of the Bible was written Ten years after this moment, ten years after prison and darkness and midnight, Philippians was written. And so the story goes that there was a woman named Lydia, and she started the, excuse me, Lydia, and uh, she was the first person to get saved there. So, So Paul and Silas left, and they had a 1,400 mile journey, and they were preaching here and teaching here and planting churches here and doing this here and doing this there. And they got to Philippi and they met a woman named Lydia and Lydia got saved. Lydia knew Jesus as her savior. And that is the first person to be saved. What is now Europe. So this is a little bit of a big deal. This is a big deal. This woman named Lydia got saved Nobody had ever heard the name Jesus before in Europe. And Lydia got saved. And we believe, uh, church-wise, church scholars, uh, the church of Philippi was started in Lydia's house, is what we believe. Maybe it started as a devotional, and it started as, and then it grew from there, and soon enough, out of the living room into a church building, is what we believe how that started. So this is a great deal, and the momentum of the gospel is moving. Things are changing. People are changing. And, and so remember, you know, we go place to place, move to move. God is moving. Work is being done. Things are being accomplished. And we have great momentum. We're, we're, we're on the high road. We're doing well. And suddenly, out of nowhere, now we're in prison at midnight. And now we're in prison. Right when, all, right when everything was going our way. We just started the church. Miss Lydia just got saved. Now we're in prison. 
Hmm. So uh, let me continue. We have this great ministry momentum. Just one more question. How did we get here? How did we get here? So the story goes how they got to prison. Are you interested? How did they get to prison? So Paul and Silas, a woman was following them and, and mocking them and contradicting them. And Paul was so sick and tired of that, that soon he turned around and rebuked the demonic spirit that was engulfed in this woman. So, something you must know is that this woman, uh, I, I, there is little to be known about her, but we believe that she exercised a demon that was in, in her, and maybe she was able to do something. She was able to levitate. She was able to make a coffee mug tip over without touching it. She, something, you know, kind of use your imagination just a little bit and help me out here. And she was able to do something. And Paul turns around and said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. You leave this woman, get out of her. And the, de- the demon left. So now when, when the woman goes to make money, when the woman goes to watch this magic trick, watch this show, she is no longer available to do this anymore. Now it's, it's gone. She, no, not a thing that she can do anymore. So she goes to her masters and says, I lost my powers. I'm no longer available to make this levitate or the coffee mug spill over and I can't do it anymore. And I'm in big trouble. And this angered a lot of people. And it, it was kind of funny to me. I'm like, really? This is the reason why they were thrown into prison? Like they didn't do something else? No, no this was the reason. It was when the income of people higher up was in jeopardy that they said, that's enough, Paul and Silas. That, oh, you've, you've come to the wrong place. You've come to Philippi. Let me show you something. So they threw them in prison. But first, they beat their backs with rods. And that's how they got here. So great ministry momentum was happening. Great things were being done for the Lord. And then... This happens, and out of nowhere, it feels like out of nowhere, like a big roadblock. Now we're in prison, and now it's midnight. The proof of the power and the presence of God in our lives is not an absence of attack, but the ability to withstand it. (laughs) And just because God is for us, never means that nothing will ever come against us. In fact, it almost guarantees that it will. And the greater the calling, the greater the conflict, and the greater the anointing, the greater the attack. And there's no surprise that the multitude and the crowd joined together and attacked Paul and Silas when work was getting done, when ministry was getting done, right when God was moving because... The proof of the power of God in our lives is not an absence of attack, but it's our ability to withstand it. Have you ever had great momentum for the Lord? And things are getting done. Everything's going just right. <laughs> These are short seasons, it feels like. Everything's going just right. I've been, I've been doing this really well, and I've been faithful to church, and I feel like I'm growing spiritually And suddenly, out of nowhere, midnight comes. Out of nowhere, you find yourself bound. 
Now let me give a few examples. Remember, midnight represents darkness. And darkness, well, I think that would be like an obvious. Midnight represents darkness, and darkness represents confusion. Have you ever been in a confused place where you're doing everything right? You're doing what the Lord wants you to do, but a situation arises and you can't get clarity on this situation. It's midnight. Have you ever been raising your kids the best that you know how, but soon enough, whether they're sitting here or they're in high school, soon enough they'll be graduating and you begin to wonder, have I been the right parent for them? Because now I'm scared and now they're leaving the nest and what am I going to do next? And now it's midnight. And have you ever wondered, will anybody really love me for me? And I, and I wonder, you know, you know as, as depression comes in and anxiety comes in and, and all of the things that are attacking me, and have you ever been in a, in a crowded place but you feel lonely and you feel isolated and, and, and I wonder, what, do, do people love me for what they think I am? Because they don't know the real me and, and I'm just confused and it's midnight. Because great ministry momentum was happening and the gospel was being spread. And now I was beginning to wonder what was going through Paul and Silas' minds. And the attacks, the attacks that were going through their mind. Thinking, I was getting everything right. People were getting saved. Churches were being planted. I was doing what was right. And then... Attacks started happening. Oppression started happening. And it's midnight. Now, the Bible says that God, uh, excuse me, the Bible says that Satan has fiery darts. There's fiery darts of the wicked. And I've had a lot of thoughts in my mind of, of fiery darts. Now, I got a little bit ahead of myself. I've tried my best to work on my sermon here. But hey, kids. All the kids, all the kids, I'll be talking to you a lot, so I need you to pay attention. Oh, by the way, I forgot. I have way too much candy on my hands. And, you know, if you maybe might participate and, like, answer my questions and, like, sing along later on, you maybe might actually maybe get some candy. So, just, I'm just, uh, just the offer, the offer is there. So, uh, have you ever been up at midnight? You want to raise your hand? Have you ever been up at midnight? You have? You have? You have? Wow, that's late. That is really late. <laughs> I bet I, I, at that age, I think I would answer yes, but it was maybe because I was crying or, or uh, maybe because I was doing something I shouldn't have. <laughs> something like that. I like, I like when my mom is in the service and she's like, yeah, we know what you did. Everything gets amplified at night. All the kids. Everything gets amplified at night. Have you ever wondered, I heard a noise in the kitchen. Someone's here. Someone's breaking in. Something's happening. I heard a noise in the kitchen. And you run to mom. What'd you say? Right. She said, it's just a hamster. You run to mom. You run to mom and say, mom, someone's in the kitchen. It's midnight. And mom says, go back to bed. That was the refrigerator returning on. 
Okay. Have you ever been really afraid? Now, I slept in the basement. Anybody sleep in the basement? Isn't it cold down there? So I slept in the basement. I slept in the basement. And I heard a click. It goes, click. Woof. I'm like, whoa! Someone's in the furnace room. Someone broke in. And for some reason, they're taking up shop in the furnace room. And I'm really afraid of what this man or beast is going to do. And, and they know that I'm the nearest bedroom to the furnace room was me. I'm really afraid. And of course, they're not going to attack my sister first. They're going to attack me. My luck. I go to mom and say, mom, someone is in the furnace room. And mom says, Ryan, that's the sound of the furnace turning on. Go back to bed. Because sounds get amplified in the night. And what didn't bother us during the day, because all those things happen during the day. The fridge turns on during the day. The furnace turns on during the day. And everything that happens during the day, it didn't bother us. But once it's midnight, now everything gets amplified and it changes. And we can, we can relate to that this morning. Once it's midnight, once, once we're just trying to go to bed, once we're trying to fall asleep and we've been beaten during the day, or we've been hurt during the day, or we are so extremely tired during the day, and now it's midnight, I'm trying to find a comfortable position. But like I said before, I got a little bit ahead of myself. Satan might draw back an arrow and shoot an arrow that a thought goes through your mind. And you might think, hmm, you know, my spouse really actually doesn't love me. Where did that come from? Why did you think that? And, and honestly, honestly, yeah, I don't want you to think I'm crazy because I've had these thoughts before. I'm trying to go to bed. I'm trying to fall asleep. I'm trying to roll over. And a thought comes through my mind thinking, you'll never be a good parent. Never. What? Excuse me? And the things that didn't bother me during the day now suddenly become amplified at night. And, and what I'm saying is, Paul and Silas are sitting in prison. It's dark. They were beaten. And now it's, it's midnight in prison. And I'm sure Satan is like, hey, oh, they should have sent someone else. You guys are terrible missionaries. Why? Why? You guys should have, you know, <laughs> I got a thing. Are you working out? If you need to know how fast my heart is beating, actually, I can put it back on and tell you the beats per minute. Everything gets amplified at night. And, and these fiery darts go through our minds and attack us. So Acts 16.25, what did they do? Acts 16.25, we already read this. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. How do you sing at midnight? How do you sing when all of that stuff I mentioned, all the momentum stopped like a massive roadblock, and all of the fiery darts thinking, I'm not good enough, I'm, oh, what a loser I am. 
And why did God choose me to do this? I'm laying in prison. I was beaten and whipped. And now I'm going to sing and praise God? How do you do that? How do you get through your midnight? How do you do that? Well, I want to start with number one, memorize. All of my points start with the letter M. You know, if I'm on a point, it's the letter M. I think M and M's would be appropriate. The letter M. Man, this candy is so delicious. I tasted it already. And you guys are sitting still and doing great. So far, so good. Okay? All of you. Memorize. M. How do you sing in the dark? Listen, please. How do you sing in the dark? No hymn book available. There's no lyrics on the screen. There's no piano playing. There's no certainty of the outcome of that trial. Paul and Silas didn't know what was coming next. But they had it memorized. That is the only way you can sing at midnight. If you memorize the melody in the light of day, you'll have a a song to sing in your heart when midnight comes. Now, I thought we would have some fun this morning, and again, we're going to do things a lot different. So I want to make midnight happen. And that would require turning the lights off, Brother Danny. So we're going to turn the lights off. We're going to flip to a blank screen. Because we need to think, what do we have memorized? Because Paul and Silas were in jail. They were prisoned. They were shackled. Their feet were shackled to the ground. And you have to think to yourself, what do I have memorized? You have some verses. Do you have a praise in your heart? I know a verse. I will bless the Lord uh, at all times and His, His name will forever be in my mouth. And that's in Psalm. I know that verse. You have to have a a verse in your heart, a a song in your heart, if you remember at midnight. Because they had it memorized. There was nothing to help them. Now, I want you to begin to prepare. I want you to start thinking of verses. And I want to ask you, I want to ask some of you, anybody, I want you to get some verses in your head. And maybe answer this question. Say, Ryan... When I'm when it's a dark trial, Ryan. When I'm going through this, when I'm going through it, Ryan. Uh, in the past, I I had uh, this diagnosis and I had this problem, and what really got me through it, I got a verse in my heart. I've got a I've got a song in my heart. I've got something memorized. I want you to start thinking about that, because I want to ask some of you, and you can raise your hand. I want to ask some of you to share that verse. But I'll I'll give an example that I already gave. Uh, when we were in Sunday school, it was a long time ago, so maybe y'all have forgotten. But I had a great-grandma, uh, great-grandma Butts, um, that was her last name, and she was, she was in the nursing home with Alzheimer's, and she forgot everything. She forgot who I was, she forgot who my mom was, and she forgot where she was, and she forgot who she was. She forgot how she got there, and really... All of the movement, movement you would get from Grandma is if she opened her eyes just a slice so that she could see who's talking to her. So we would go to the nursing home, say, Grandma, 
it's me, Ryan. And she would open her eyes just a little bit and close her eyes. And that's all of the movement that you would get. You wouldn't get a hand. You wouldn't get a nothing, nothing at all. And her body was still working, but man, was it midnight in her mind. Because the person that we knew was not there. But, you know, we were singing songs. My sister and I, we were very young kids, as yourself. My sister and I, we were singing songs. We were, we were doing stuff. And we started quoting Psalm 23. We said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And Grandma out of nowhere, opened her mouth. And mom said, quiet! Oh, Ryan and Alicia, be quiet. That's my sister's name. Be quiet. Grandma's saying something. She never, she never talks. And she's saying something. Maybe she needs a blanket. Maybe she's cold. Maybe she's hot. Maybe she needs a drink. And she opened her mouth. And after all memory is gone, um, she said, Um, He makes me lay down in green pastures, and he leaves me beside still waters, and he restores my soul. And after, after all memory, she didn't recognize her granddaughter. She didn't recognize anybody. And all she thought was, oh, that's probably a nurse talking to me. But she knew, he makes me lay down in green pastures. He leaves me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Can I say one more time? Grandma had it memorized. Grandma had it memorized. She had it in her mind so that when it was midnight and she was in a deep, dark trial and she forgot everything, she still knew God. She still knew God was with her and that the Lord is my shepherd. And I wonder this morning, I know some of you don't like microphones and some of you do, let me tell you a reason. Let me tell you a reason. Uh, we are live and, and, and people can hear. So if I say, hey, uh, Natalie, do you have a verse that you want to say? And then Natalie says the verse, it's just going to be silent for the next 10 seconds. So the reason being, I have a microphone. Does somebody have a verse where you say, man, I've been through it. <laughs> I've been through midnight. <laughs> I've been through a struggle, and man, God gave me this verse. And you know, sometimes it just takes one person to start. So I want to start with my dad, because I know his verse, and I preached on it. I'm going to walk down here. I know his verse, and I'm going to preach on it. I've already preached on it. There you go, Dad. And uh, I preached on it on his birthday, by the way. Some of you don't know that. I preached on my dad's birthday, and I preached his life verse. Go ahead. Galatians 2.20 says, For I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. One other one I have I want to share too is in Hebrews. And it just says, at the end of the verse, it says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I got it memorized. You get hold on to the mic. I got it memorized. I've got it memorized. Does someone else say, I got a verse. I know something. Does someone else, Brother Chad? Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. That's uh, Jude 24. So, Jude 24. 
Jude 24. Uh, any others? Uh, go ahead. Isaiah thirty-two seventeen and 18. For the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. And my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, full of quiet resting places. Amen. Amen. Does someone else want to share a verse? Anna, do you know? Uh, Atreyu. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Amen. Uh, by the way, pastor sent that to me this morning. Amen. So, yeah. He knew, uh, he knew I was going through it. Uh, I want to give it to, I was hoping Greg would say something. This is my uncle Greg in the white. He's going to say a verse. So this is a verse that um, John Lake used when the bubonic plague. Uh, and when we had the coronavirus, I, I had learned that he used this verse. And as dead people were being piled up in the streets and everybody scared to death to even touch them because foam was coming out of their mouth. And, and, and he... He took it upon himself to go bury these people, and everybody else was protected with their masks and their gloves and and was scared to death of this plague. He said, they said, now that we have a vaccination for this, can we, uh, can we give you that? And he said, I don't need it. And they said, well, this is a deadly plague. You touched all these, you know, people. And he said... Um, I don't need it. And they, they said, uh, why, why don't you need it? And he says, I, I go by Romans 8, too. And it says, uh, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. And mm-hmm. he, he used that verse and banked on it. And, and they said, uh, let me... Um, he says, take that, that froth out of their mouth, put it under your microscope, and take a look at it. And they did. And it was alive. It was wiggling. And he said, now put some in my hand. I'm going to prove this to you. And they put it in his hand. And they put, after they put it in his hand, they put it on their microscope, and it was dead. And, and he says, that's what the law of the gift of life will give you. Amen. And so I thought that was... Amen. Good, good. Can you pass it down to Dad, please? And I have, I have one more that I want to call on. Come, come up here. It's Miss Melanie. So one time, uh, one time I was in the back and I admitted to Miss Melanie that I'm still afraid of the dark. And I told you that in confidence, so please keep it to yourself. Still afraid of the dark, still... Still afraid of uh, the basement I'm in. And Miss Melanie said, oh, I know a verse. I know something. said, when I'm afraid, I always say this verse. Do you remember what verse I'm talking about? Go ahead. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. 
And what, what verse is that? I don't know. What time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. Do you have another one? Um, yeah, my verse was going to be um, 2 Corinthians 2, 9. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. Yes. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Amen. Amen. And uh, that'll be uh, just quickly the end of that. I don't have to feel hope to have hope. I've got it memorized. I don't have to feel that God is faithful. To know that God is faithful, I've got it memorized. I've got it in my mind. And, and it doesn't have to be proven. So not only did they praise God and maybe they had verses to say, but they also sang in the dark. They also sang at midnight. And you know, this reminds me very quickly, and I, I really need you to participate, okay? Uh, now this is not for just for the kids. I really need you to participate, okay? I'll say that very clearly. There's Abby. Abby, please participate, okay? So I, uh, I want to say this just very quickly, get it off my chest. Um, there was a, uh, a family in Eastside Baptist Church, great friends, great friends of ours, and uh, the, the father's name was Todd, and uh, Todd developed uh, brain cancer, and, and that was just uh, in the early 2010 range. Anyway, Todd developed brain cancer, and and um, I remember the day when my parents texted me, or I think it was a text, and they said, Ryan, uh, we're going up to see Todd in the hospital. Uh, I don't know how much longer he has to live. I said, okay. Okay, so I, I uh, hopped in the shower, and we I came up to the hospital, and uh, when I got out of the elevator, out was out in the elevator, um, um, in the hallway was about 30 people from Eastside Baptist Church. I didn't know any of them were there. I just knew my parents were going up there. 30 people from Eastside Baptist Church were standing in the hallway of that hospital. And inside the hospital room was Todd, his wife, and his two daughters. And it was difficult. And it was midnight. And uh, it was midnight in Todd's brain where, similar to my grandma, that the body was there. Um, but the person that we knew was not. And it was midnight to a wife who was losing the love of her life. And it was midnight to two daughters that was losing their father. And it was midnight in a, in a hallway where I felt pretty helpless. And I began to wonder, why did I come here? If all I can do is stand in the hallway, I can't help. I can't help Todd. I can't help his family. And I don't know what to do. And I was standing there, and it was midnight to us. It was midnight to that church. But out from the room came a noise that was extremely unexpected. You know, a noise that you might expect is weeping and wailing. It was not that noise. It was an unexpected noise. It was not the noise of the beeps of the... Um, machines, uh, not that noise. Now I need you to help me this morning and participate this morning. I'm just going to close my eyes and not look at anyone who's crying. 
This noise was, uh, great is thy faithfulness. <laughs> I'm trying my best. I want you to sing with me, please. Um, great is thy faithfulness, uh, verse 1. If you know it, and if you have it memorized, <clears throat> I will attempt to start again. Great is thy faith. Oh God, my there is no shadow. All I oh the compassions they fail not as thou hast been. Sing the chorus. You have to sing at midnight. That was the song that was outpouring from <clears throat> from the hospital room. Not the not the sound that I expected. And something that you should know about Todd and his family is that they were known as a family to go to the nursing homes and sing uh, to the nursing homes, and they were known as a family to sing extremely faithfully in church. They were extremely reliable. And they always sang with the right heart. And um, so what I'm saying that is, they had it memorized for so many years. And they sang in the nursing home for maybe 10 years or more. And they sang so much that they had it memorized. By the time when midnight came, I got a song to sing. I still have a song to sing. I still have a praise in my mouth. And they sang even at midnight. They sang even in the middle of the trial. So, now I'm, I'm not going to leave the kids out. Now it's time for the kids to sing. I don't want to leave the kids out. So, let's sing, let's sing a song, Miss Kim. You don't need to play, but let's, let's sing a song. All the kids, all of the kids, I think they're mostly right here and some back there. Do you know uh, My God is So Big? Do you know that song? Yes? Okay, can we can we sing that together? You don't. Okay, uh, can I have you guys stand up? Just all you guys. I know that you guys probably know it. Okay, do you know River of Life? Ooh. All right, we'll do. Uh, My God is so big. Uh, I know Miss Stephanie knows it really well. <laughs> Anna, Anna, do you know My God is so big? Okay, can you sing that with us, all of us together? You might have to help me with the actions. Ready? My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. 
You can sit. You two, listen to me please, you two need to have a song ready. You say, when, when hard times come, and when I don't know where, where mom and dad is, and when something is happening, something's wrong, it's dark, and it's midnight, and I'm really scared. My God is so big, so strong, and <laughs> so mighty. I want you to <laughs> have that memorized, and bring that to your memory. All right, let me continue. Uh, They had it memorized. Sometimes you have to sing at midnight when you can't see his hand, when you can't see his plan. But when I know, when I can't see that he's faithful, I know that he's faithful. And I need to praise him until the sun comes up. I'm going to praise him until the situation changes. I'm going to praise him until the lights come on. So go ahead, Brother Danny. Do you have a praise in your heart at midnight? Do you have a song in your heart? Do you have a verse memorized? Do you have it ready? That's, that is exactly the point that I'm trying to make this morning. Now, all of you that were just sleeping, now you have to wake up. Uh, Jeremiah said this in Lamentations. Jeremiah said this, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. And while I'm waiting for the morning, at midnight, great is Thy faithfulness. Go back to verse 21 of that same... Verse 21. This I recall to my mind. If you recall to your mind all of the ways He's made, all of the promises He's kept, all of the things <laughs> He carried you through, all of the valleys He's walked you out of, then it would make sense that the muscle memory of Paul and Silas thinking, oh, I remember all the times where Jesus came through for me, and this time is going to be no different. I remember... Paul wasn't chained to the floor. He was chained to the faithfulness of God. And he was faithful in the morning. And that means he's still faithful even at midnight. This is a muscle memory. There are silly things that we all remember. There are silly things that, and they're called muscle memory. And the, one of the most random things is that my mom can play Sweet Hour of Prayer on the piano. Don't ask her to play any other song, anything. Just sweet hour of prayer, and she can play it. Just because she learned it when she was a very young girl, like 10, 10 years old. Very young. And that's all she's got, sweet hour of prayer. I can still remember, uh, do you might remember the, the address where you grew up at, maybe? Do you still remember a home phone number? You know, back in my day, back in my day, we had home phones, and they were connected to a cord in the wall. That's one of my favorite sayings, back in my day. You know, back in my day. And you can remember these silly things, but I, we need to recall to our memory, saying, I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. I recall, master your memory. Master your memory. 
And don't let your memory master you. He said, when you bring back the memory, for Paul and Silas, it's cool to me that when Paul and Silas were in prison and they were chained to the floor and they were beat beat with rods, he said, all right, Paul, all right, Silas, it's time to sing. All right, Paul, Silas, hey, guys, it's time to praise the Lord. And how did they know that? It's like it clicked with them, and that is the muscle memory. So you might have to remember some things so that when you remember those, that street address that you know for no reason, and you remember that phone number that you know for no reason, or, or a pager number, or something like that, you have to recall to your memory other things like, oh, I will bless the Lord at all times and His praise will forever be in my mouth. If God is for me, who can be against me? I am convinced that neither life nor death, angels or principalities, nor things above the earth, nor things under the earth, nor present or things to come, anything in this midnight hour can separate me from the love that God has for me. And when you come to this point of midnight, suddenly it's like, oh, I know what to do. Got it? Now, it clicked. I know what to do. It's time to praise the Lord. It was, it was an obvious click for them. And I so appreciate that. Remember, memorize. You have to have something in your heart so that you have a praise to sing and a praise to be had at midnight. You have to be putting something in your heart. And you might wonder, why does mom and dad take us to church all the time? Every Sunday, every Wednesday. Why can't we do something else? <laughs> But soon enough, you'll remember when someone says, oh, no, no, um, uh, you know, uh, we all know that the world created with the Big Bang and, and this, this, and that. And you'll say, Ezra, you'll say, oh, wait a minute. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. How do you know that? I got it memorized. How do you know that? And, and young people, soon enough, you're going to college and you might hear a, a great philosophy, or you might hear, a, well, my philosophy teacher, well, my uh, professor, they said something that didn't quite align with the Bible, but let me tell you something, now I got it memorized. And that professor and that, that teacher, uh, although they have a great degree, I, know what, I already know what the Bible says, and that's settled. Amen. You have to get to that point where, uh, I got it memorized. No, 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 it, it can't be that. No, I got it memorized. And that's what the Bible says. Master your memory. You know, uh, and on the bottom it says manage your memory, which is like a sub-point to a sub-point. Maybe you need to re-remember. Manage your memory. And, and on, the, on the iPhone, there's a, there's a slideshow where you can look back and see your memories and see the things that happened. And let me look back a year ago, two years ago, And I think the same with other social media outlets. You can see on Facebook, what did I post two years ago, three years ago, six years ago, and so on. Uh, But I don't want to look back on those things, and and I want to edit those memories. And I'm not going to say that they never happened, but I'm going to say that they're not on my vision. They're not on the path that God has for me. And I need to edit some things, and I need to change some things because it's my memory, and I'm going to manage my memory. Let me very quickly, wow, time goes by fast. Not only did he sing at midnight, which indicated the fact that God would deliver him, because maybe he's done it before, 
Maybe when you defeated a lion and a bear that Goliath didn't become so hard. And maybe if you've already crossed over the Red Sea that Jordan is nothing new. You have to memorize. So, Paul had mastered his memory. Paul's already done that. Mastered his memory. How do you know that? Philippians 1.3. Remember, ten years later, ten years later, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. When the church started with Miss Lydia, he was thrown into prison and beaten. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He doesn't remember the prison. Excuse me. He doesn't mention the prison. Read, read Philippians. Because the outcome was so big that the opposition became so small. And what God was doing, the movement that God had, became so into light and God was magnified that one night in prison was just insignificant. The purpose was so big that the prison became small. Well, let me continue, and I need to be really fast. Do you remember what, what happened when Paul and Silas sang in, what happened to Paul and Silas when they were in prison? Well, uh, yeah, we already read that. The doors came open and the chains were loosed. And it would be great to preach a sermon on what happened at midnight. But we need to start to consider that the miracle might not be what happened at midnight. I want you to consider that. Uh, so the God came in, the chains came loose, and that represents freedom, and the doors came open, and that represents escape. And what happens next? So Acts 25 and 26, yep, and suddenly, uh, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. Now, very quickly, young people, very quickly, young people, if you're in prison and God comes in and makes the bands go off your feet and He opens the doors, what are you supposed to do next? Run away. You get, get out. And Atrey, you go to the, go to the next uh, the letter M. Get out. It's time to move. Mobilize. Memorize. Mobilize. I'm out of there. God answered my prayer. Great is thy faithfulness. My God is so big. The chains came loose. The doors are open. I'm out. But that's not exactly what happened. (laughs) That's not exactly what happened. And I know I don't get to write the Bible. And (laughs) this is a funny thing. I don't get to write the Bible, but... Some things I wanted to see was maybe a great prison escape. Somebody crawling through the sewer, coming out in the rain. If anybody knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) Alright, I want to see maybe like a Mission Impossible with a rope tied to your back. Dun, 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 dun. Getting out of the prison. But that's not what happened. And I don't want to disappoint. (laughs) Because that's not what happened. Now, Acts 16.27. Acts 16.27. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep, seeing that the prison doors are open, he drew out his sword that we, he would have killed himself, supposing the prisoners had fled. Well, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to flee. You're supposed to mobilize. You're supposed to get out. 
But Paul and Silas didn't get the notion. You know, if there was ever a book, Prison Escapes 101, Paul and Silas need that book. They were better at starting churches than they were at prison breaks. And they were better at being missionaries than they were at getting a little bit of a notion that maybe it's time to get up and get out. So, but have you, uh, very quickly, this is funny, and uh, I told Nicole that I would say her name. So Nicole Olson is a teacher, and she's in the nursery. And uh, the funny joke, I just want to tell quickly, have you ever been in school, and it's Friday, and it's like just time to leave. It's like 2.30, and school's out at 3. And someone says, Mrs. Olsen, Mrs. Olsen, are you going to take up our math homework, Mrs. Olsen? I totally did it, Mrs. Olsen. Are you going to take up our math homework? Because Paul says, now go to verse 28. Paul cried with a loud voice. He says, do not do thyself nor harm. We are all here. He's speaking for everyone. He says, don't harm yourself. We're all here. And I thought that was pretty funny. We always preach about what happened at midnight, but we have to, maybe this miracle is what happened after midnight. God put something in Paul's heart before midnight, which gave him a song to sing when midnight hit. Why are you singing and praying if you're going to sit there when the doors come open? Why are you singing and praising God if you're just going to sit there? Say, we're all here when the doors come open. But maybe... Paul had the kind of faith that doesn't only offer the way of escape. Because if you would admit to yourself today, that is what we want. When we're in midnight, when we're in the trial, we want out. I want out. I want out of my debt. I want out of my relationship. I want out of my circumstances. And I want out of this situation that wasn't come up upon me It's not something that I did, but I was just in the right place in the right time with the right family, and now it's all on me, and we want out. But maybe God wants to get in. Maybe God wants to get into your budget. Maybe God wants to get into your situation. Maybe God wants to get into your terrible circumstances. Maybe God wants to get in to your family. Because... The miracle at midnight, they sat there. Because Paul wasn't trying to get out. Paul was trying to bring the gospel in. Paul said, Mr. Prison Guard, you do not need to kill yourself. Wait a minute. I got good news for you. I know Jesus, and I can tell you about him. I'm not trying to leave. I'm trying to bring the Lord in. And he sat there. Same with Silas. They sat there. So, don't kill yourself. What happens when the hostage becomes the host? And Paul turns around and sees an opportunity. Not an open prison door. He saw an open door for the Gospel. Let me say to you this morning, there is an open door of opportunity this morning. There is a wide open door for someone that doesn't know Jesus this morning. For someone that says, I'm in bondage, I'm in prison, It's been midnight, Ryan. You don't know what's going on. It has been midnight. It's been a terrible trial. And I'm going through it, Ryan. I'm going through the hard stuff. 
let me tell you, I want to quote a song. Uh, if you've got chains, <laughs> he's, a, he's a chain breaker. And uh, if you feel lost, he is the way maker. And if you need freedom, if you need saving, he's a prison, <laughs> excuse me, he's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, he's the chain breaker. I quoted a song there. He said, I, I got problems, I got issues, and we're trying to bring the gospel in. We're not trying to get out. Very quickly, I have, a, I have a, just a very quick uh, just example of this. I have a great friend of mine that is here today, um, and I work with him. And uh, he cut himself on a piece of uh, angle, uh, a very sharp piece of angle. He cut himself at work, and I remember somebody said, Ryan, Ryan, come here, come here. Uh, Andrew cut himself. And, I, and my first reaction was, why did he do that? Why do you do that? Why, why was that a great idea? So I go to him, and he's feeling wheezy, and we get into the truck, and I take him to the hospital, and at the hospital, they give him stitches, and, and, and then we leave the hospital, and we go do the Lord's work at Taco Bell. And, uh, but then, God said, Ryan, Ryan, I've got an, op- an open door of opportunity for you. Remember where we were? We were at the hospital. We left. We were, we were in private. We were alone. We left. We got to the hospital. We stitches. We went to Taco Bell. And then I got an open door of opportunity for you. I didn't have to, I didn't have to take him to lunch or supper. We could have just drove right back. And I would have been disappointed if we did. But I took an, out, an open door of opportunity. I didn't see it. A time where, we, oh, well, we need to get back to work. And I got a lot of things to do. I got downstocking to do. And I got the, the shelves to fill. And, and it's his fault that he cut his hand. Let's go. Let's go get supper. I want to take an open door of opportunity. And there are times in our lives, Mom going to the dentist and her teeth were messed up. And, and uh, instead of yelling at the dentist and being angry after paying thousands of dollars, Mom said, I... I got an opportunity. Let me invite you to church. I got an opportunity to make a new friend. And there's a lot of times where we might be wronged, we might be crossed, we might be lied to, uh, or things do not go our way. And somewhere in there, somewhere in midnight, God might open the chains. God might open the door. And you say, here's my opportunity. I've got somebody, i got a family member, i got a situation, i got somebody that doesn't know the Lord. Paul didn't see an open door of escape. He saw an open door for the Gospel. And many times in my life, I said, God, help me open the doors for the Gospel. And then I'm the first one running out that door. <laughs> Let me quickly move on. Uh, let's go to that last point, the letter M. Maximize. Maximize. I need to be quick. Because uh, I have a very special song that we're going to sing. Uh, I mean, a family's going to sing. All right, kids, one more thing. One more thing, kids. Have you ever seen uh, Midnight on the Clock? It says 1200. Have you seen that before? Yeah? You can say yes. No? You've never seen that before? Good. That's probably a good thing. 1200 on the clock. Um, so when, I just have a quiz. It's the same for the boys. I just have a quiz. When it's midnight, at dark, so it's not noon, it's dark, midnight, 
Do you say, good morning, or do you say, good night? Yeah, good morning. Happy New Year. (laughs) That might be, that's the time when we stay up until midnight. Say, Happy New Year. That's true. That's true. Because to the midnight situation that's going on in our life, we need to wave good morning. And maybe the only difference between morning and night is the way that we choose to see it, the way that we choose to see our trial. Let's go to James uh, 1, 2, and 3. My brethren, my brothers in Christ, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, the next verse, knowing this, the trying and the trial and the midnight of your faith, it works patience. You have to wave to midnight, and you might not see God, and you might not feel God, but He is the God that moves at midnight. He is the God that shakes things, and changes things, and changes my trial into my triumph. They were getting out of prison the next day anyway. They were there on overnight charges, and Paul wasn't trying to get out. Paul was trying to maximize. Paul was trying to take the opportunity for someone to know Jesus. And it's not just that I made it out of midnight. It's how I made it. I didn't just make it through midnight. I didn't just make it through my trial. I made something of it. In Acts 16, 29, and 30, let's finish our story. I'm trying to be quick. Then he called for a light. He sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. This is the jailer. And they brought him out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul is in pain, but he remembered his purpose. He made sure before he got out that the gospel got in. Acts 16.31, here's his answer. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved, all thy in thy house. Let's keep going. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord the word of our Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night, same hour of midnight, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his, straightway. And when he had brought them to his house, he set meat before them, and rejoiced in believing in God, all of his house. God used the thing that was holding him hostage to complete their healing. The very thing that wounded them was healing them. So everything that I went through, I didn't just live through it, I learned from it. We have to stop believing that just survival is success. Just getting through midnight, just getting through the trial, not just survival is success, but making something of it. I'm not leaving midnight, but I'm carrying hope with me into the next one. Maybe it's the things that are trying to destroy you today that God is using, and that God will heal you tomorrow. God doesn't want you to leave empty-handed. Whether you know Christ this morning, or you have a, and you have a personal relationship with Him, He does not want you to leave midnight, or this service, empty-handed. And if you don't know Him today, you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ as his, your personal Savior, He does not want you to leave this service today without knowing Him as your Savior. I will not leave incomplete. I will not leave this service incomplete. Paul, when he left Philippi, he he didn't leave with an empty stomach. 
He left with some battle scars, a bruised back, and a tired body. But he came out of midnight full of hope, full of life, full of God. I don't have open wounds, but God is using that thing that's trying to destroy me. But now it's, it's freeing me, and I'm stepping into this week with a full belly, a full heart, full of joy and expectation, and I am not going to leave incomplete. Amen. So today, this morning, very, I'm trying to be as fast as I can. We saw that this prison guard said, Wow, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to know Jesus? I want to answer that question today. What must you do to be saved? It says, uh, believe on His name and call out to Him and you will be saved. You know, and, and from any young person, when, when you call out to Jesus and say, I know I'm a sinner, I know I've done some wrong things, but I, want, I need you to save me, I need you to take my sins away, then you are saved just as this Philippian jailer got saved that night. So I want to stop right here and, and let's have a word of prayer, please. And, and we'll stop the sermon here. Father, thank you today for all that you do for us. Thank you, God, that even though it might have been midnight, it might have been difficult, and it might have been a struggle, that you are still with us and uh, you take care of us at all times. I pray that you will bless our service as we continue. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand, please, and very quickly, just want to have a time for you to respond. If you want to pray at this altar here, and and if you want to pray at your seats, our invitation time is not just a time that, well, this is what we do, and this is what we've always done for the last 50 years. It's a time for you to respond. It's a time for you to talk to God. And that, that feeling and that conviction that you're having right now, that we're going to use that and uh, talk to God about it. So would you do that this morning? Amen. Well, you can be seated. We have just one more thing that we're going to do. I want to ask the Hood family to come. And I heard them I heard them practicing. And this is going to be just a massive blessing to you this morning. This is the final final piece of our service so we can we can go home and eat lunch after this. Sorry for the burnt casseroles and things that might be happening.
This is going to be a great blessing to you. We're going to have the Hood family sing. And Atreyu, would you dismiss us in a word of prayer when the family's done singing? I've got a heart that's full of faith-filled helplessness There are mountains ahead that I can't move by myself But I know when I'm weak, He's strong When I can barely breathe, there's still a song Even though it's hard right now I'm not here on my own so when it seems it can't be done I know God is big enough I can run the race I'm called to run Cause I know God is big enough He'll finish everything He starts And meet us right here where we are And I can feel faith rising up Cause I know God is big Enough There were days when the shadow of the doubt Make me feel small I'll declare that I don't stand in my strength at all Cause I won't live a day you didn't plan Every single moment is in your hands Even if the whole world shakes You're the rock on which I stand So when it seems it can't be done I know God is big enough I can run the race I'm called to run Cause I know God is big enough He'll finish everything he starts And meet us right here where we are And I can feel faith rising up Cause I know God is big enough Bigger than the fear that surrounds me Bigger than the chains that have bound me Bigger than the story my past could tell Bigger than the weight of tomorrow Bigger than the hurt and the sorrow Bigger than the lies I've told myself So when it seems it can't be done I know God is big enough I can run the race I'm called to run Cause I know God is big enough He'll finish everything He starts And meet us right here where we are And I can feel faith rising uh So when it seems it can't be done I know God is big enough I can run the race I'm called to run 
Cause I know God is big enough He'll finish everything He starts And meet us right here where we are And I can feel faith rising up Cause I know God is big enough Yeah, I know God is big enough Thank you so greatly for your mercy. 